from Kampala. This is Cinema Red Pill, a movie podcast, a podcast where we basically talk about movies, TV. Today we're going to do a documentary. I'm Sharon, the host. And I'm Timothy, regular contributor to the podcast. You're basically a co-host. <laughs> okay, co-host. Uh, I'll take yes. that. Today's episode, we're going to talk about a documentary that's titled God Loves Uganda. Uh, this is going to be new, first of all, interesting and new for us. I think this is going to be, this is, we're going to talk about a very sensitive topics, yeah. basically very sensitive topics yeah. because the, the documentary addresses homosexuality and it also addresses, um, abstinence. It basically addresses sexuality and there's few things more sensitive in life, more than sexuality and what someone thinks of your sexuality. Yeah in either how you should do if you should do it before marriage after marriage who you should have it with when you should have it it's just such an uptight topic that everyone has such hefty opinions on (laughs) yeah it's pretty (laughs) one-sided why do you what do you mean it oh here is very very one-sided yeah but anyway so this documentary was uh done in 2013 Thank you, Timothy, for the suggestion, by the way, for us to do this. (laughs) And uh, it's all about the influence of evangelicals on public policy of Uganda, but in particular about the campaign for abstinence and homosexuality. How The anti-homosexuality bill. Yes, in particular the anti... So it's basically how they affect these policies because this the anti-homosexuality bill. But there's also a segment where they talk about the campaign for abstinence and how they had an influence on that because yeah. of what the, the implications towards doing such things. Yes. And this is a bit timely in very many aspects, actually, <laughs> because there's more, more there's more it, it, it goes as a whole in morality and, and the policies they try to put in terms of morality like we've recently also had a miniskirt bill and now we have an anti-porn committee which I would not be surprised if a law and act comes in motion due to the anti-porn committee um, the documentary has very notable names in it who you can see there's Pastor Kayanja from what's his church called? Rubaga Miracle Center. Rubaga Miracle Center. There's Martin Sempa. There's uh, Christopher, my favorite one, Christopher Senyonjo. Bishop Christopher Senyonjo. Something frightening is happening in Uganda. I foresee a lot of death. The fire has already been set, and I think it is important to trace it back to where it is coming from. Well, the International House of Prayer began in 1999. We have about a thousand full-time staff. We're called to be a missionary people. I believe the Lord is calling me to, to pray for a great missionary force. America's not yet done sending her sons and daughters to bring the gospel to the nations. Most of these young people, it's a time to have an adventure. But the poor African listening to them think that's how things should be. The Bible will say, okay, all sex outside of marriage is wrong. So adultery is wrong, fornication is wrong, acts of homosexuality are wrong. Homosexuality does not benefit the society. It's sin. Are you ready for-
for Jesus. We do not fight Sodome because of who they are, but what they do. So before we start talking about the film, I actually wanted to first talk about to give a bit of basics about the filmmaker because I was really interested in who he is. It would have been a lot more interesting if this was done by Ugandans. I think they would have yeah. been banned out of the country, but yeah. the people in the documentary were indeed banned from the country. Yeah. But this guy is a guy called Roger Ross Williams. He's an African-American guy who is also gay. Yes. And he, this was his first feature film. He won an Academy Award for a film called, um, what is it called? Music by Prudence. Prudence. Yeah, yes. I, read, I read about that. He was actually the first African American to win, win. an Oscar. Yeah, which was quite and, amazing. It blew my know, mind when I read that. I know. Like, <laughs> what? I was so fascinated reading yeah. about this guy. He was obsessed with the first African American actress. The yes. first. Like, he was actually the first anything like producing directing anything of the sort we, i kept thinking the person we always look at as first african-american although he didn't win any award is spike lee yeah he has but in the indie world yeah. because we talked yeah. about he's, his he's film. A notable filmmaker yes yeah. he's so notable and this guy like i've just got to know his name because of this documentary but yeah. he's so fascinating he did that film then he did god loves uganda and last year he had a film that i was hearing about called yeah. life animated you were hearing so about it's, it's it right still yes up to now. i, I was shocked yet, i'm like what <laughs> this guy yeah. it's called life animated and it's about a young autistic boy who learns how to communicate through animated movies because autistic children have issues like that but he was very interesting it was so fascinating to read about him and his background and you could clearly see how he was inspired to do something like this but yeah. i think uh let's begin talking about the movie and what's in the movie mm-hmm. i think it would be nice if we went according to the pace that the movie went in yeah a bit with where it begins yeah. the middle and okay. kind of where it ends yeah i'm a bit vague on the whole structure but uh, I'm sure you'll point out the parts and I'll just be... Yeah, I don't have them down, but I just think... Okay, we we know where to start from. Where to start from. I think let's start with the abstinence bit. Could we start with that? It's kind of the beginning. It starts with that because they want to see... Because the abstinence campaign happened way before the bill. That's when we get to see how it was that time when AIDS was so rampant and it was such a big issue. And then Yori Museveni was being uploaded by... Yeah. by the West for how much control he had had of the situation yeah. and his campaign was condoms the whole time yeah. condoms, use condoms, use condoms yeah. but then people wanted him to change the narrative to abstinence because yeah. it's what the Bible says yes. yeah you say <laughs> don't uh, let okay, me okay, talk uh, about okay, uh, on that the whole abstinence <coughs> issue I was actually blown away by that because I think I've told you this. So I told Joel, uh, like the whole thing that we've seen since we were kids of the ABCs: yes. abstain, mm. be faithful. And then, if if all <laughs> fails, use a condom. That yeah. whole program, I thought, was something probably made by Ugandan as, because it was so part of our our lives as kids. You know, mm-hmm. we had all these signposts in schools saying, you know, it had all these messages. So to actually see that this stuff was actually merely pushed on us, basically. Mm-hmm from the West mm. was very eye-opening and again I also mentioned uh, Mike Pence the current vice president of, yes. of uh, um, the US mm-hmm. Donald Trump's vice president mm-hmm. was one of the key people in that yeah. so he has actually affected our lives in some way mm-hmm. but again another interesting thing that I saw about that was how 
the main I don't know if he's the main character, the Zambian reverend, uh, Kapia mm. Kauma how yes. he said that it is something that had just been used by Uganda and the Ugandan government to actually get money from the West because no one actually believes that abstinence was actually working like the rates were still high though they made it look like things were dropping but the rates of infection were still very high people mm. weren't abstaining as mm. people believe so mm. it was kind of good to also see all that opened up it's a big lie in this one sense that <laughs> people are keeping abstaining yet it's just something that isn't really practical yeah yeah so. yeah that was also shocking to me but do you remember the bit where it was like at some point condoms was what they were pushing before yeah. and then they just told them to change the narrative, yeah, change for, the narrative. and get some benefits yes. out of it. it just i think people know that we change our rules a lot for <laughs> for money yeah. Yeah, but again but for something that could really Abstinence is the worst. You can't be a hundred percent abstinence. It's another another good thing about this documentary was how they kind of made it look like pretty much Africa or in Uganda in particular in this documentary is pretty much like the dumping site for Mm -hmm. ideologies from the West. Yes. And how basically the conservatives in America, George Bush was a Republican, the conservatives (laughs) on his side are basically the ones who said if we're going to give these people aid (laughs) to treat their aid, to treat the HIV and everything, Mm -hmm. then they have to adopt our values of abstinence and that being faithful, which is a very Christian thing. Yeah, it's basically a Christian way of life and they're trying to say if you don't live this way then you probably won't get the grants. So And yet was, they are not going to put such rules on their people because Yeah, because it's not possible. It's not it's possible. possible. It's not practical would, exactly. Yeah, I know. That's, that's another thing. Stupid rules they would place. Actually the weird thing was that it was kind of like Uganda was in this whole documentary, it's like well, basically a weird social experiment <laughs> for the West. They're just experimenting ideas can this actually hold up in a society and work and yeah, that was was very eye opening again. I think this we you you mentioned him. Uh, please remind me his name. Mike Pence. No, oh. the Reverend who uh, is yeah, So in the documentary, there's a a, a, a Reverend called Kapiakauma who is in Boston currently. He moved to Boston because he was banned from Uganda since he was trying was trying to support the people who are homosexuals and stuff. So. He's a major part of the of the documentary, and we see him as he really tries to say how he he's one of the people and has a major understanding on how influential the West is on yeah. countries like Uganda, and his understanding of it is brilliant. Actually, because really. he said he did research on it, yes. and actually felt like the film was basically someone shooting his dissertation. Or his, <laughs> Me too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like because it starts with him. His. Because you know dissertations are basically it's the influence of Western conservative evangelicals on Uganda, and so basically that was the whole documentary, and it was basically just reproducing this man's research with a little bit of you know real life here and there. But it was pretty much his. I feel it was his research that we were seeing basically Me brought to too. life. It it it, it was yeah. great. I wonder how much the director himself learned from him and yeah. found him to be such a great resource. And this goes into a part which I think we should talk about next about the evangelicals because that's the moment we start seeing people coming from a church called International House, House of, of Prayer. Prayer yeah. Can- that's best in Kansas best, City. Best in Kansas City. They send 
evangelicals which is basically missionaries yeah. to come to Uganda and spread the good word yeah. make people warriors it's yeah. so it was very nostalgic <laughs> for me because I went to a Christian high school oh. and the way they would pray <laughs> yeah. the whole like the doing tongues like there would yeah. be a room of people in tongues yeah, it was scripture union you know, all that kind of stuff going oh on oh my god that <laughs> stuff was like oh god this was my life at some point like that was what my school was yeah. but they show very innocent young hopeful yeah. Christians getting well on very very well meaning people yeah. who just seem like they you know like if you you're, you're growing up and you're singing Baba Black Sheep just repeating Baba Black Sheep over yeah. again just verbatim word for word what they've been taught it's well meaning I guess they believe in it it's how I felt about them when they were constantly showing them in Uganda yeah but we see these missionaries and it was an interesting take for me in regards to the reverend because this is also a guy who's a man of god yeah. and seeing him critique another side of it was quite interesting yeah. so uh, i really want to talk about that because this religion is the basis for all these ideologies yeah. it's the basis for do not have sex before marriage abstain yes. like people quote the bible they would always have this phrase of it's the human flesh fight your yeah, human fight flesh <laughs> and then it, it, he's trying to give us a bigger picture on how like these people come innocently just trying to spread an ideology and people listen to them but this is what leads to that bigger picture of the, of feeling much more encouragement mm. to push for something like that even though indirectly because I think in the beginning of this of the of the of the documentary I almost thought they were going to show us like Sir Samuel Becker you know those yeah. missionaries who we, we hear yeah, about old, in yeah. the beginning I thought they were going to give us a full background like check on even how religion landed here because Actually, I have something we, on that so we're going to <laughs> Please give me that because we did not have religion yeah, at, at all. all and religion then happened and I think it became really big when we were colonized yeah. about that time is when it spread like a rapid fire. Yeah. Correct me on that if yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah. But then it just I like how it just shows how people are well meaning, but then these ideologies are that cause them to have this bigger picture. And I want to point out something I really hope I don't sound stupid or factually yeah. inaccurate. Yeah. But I want to think of something like ISIS. Yeah. Because these people come with it's it's like it's people pound it on religion. It's something that is very well meaning yeah. like religion is no more yeah. like they're just trying to make you be good yeah. but someone radicalizes, radicalizes it into something so yeah. bad and yeah. so terrible but they'll keep underlying I'm doing this for Allah like someone is kill the gays for God yeah. what yeah. you know like what sense. are you even talking <laughs> about but then I just liked how so this film really shows how this ideologies also picked up from the west please yeah. give me the yeah. missionary background of yeah. the bar no, no. okay uh, f- first about the missionaries uh, mm-hmm. as we say that uh, the people who come like i also felt are very well-meaning individuals yes. i didn't think they came with any malice to come and say indoctrinate people or anything <laughs> i think the problem begins from their leaders because the person i think the person the leader oh of God, our international house of prayer lou engel I think those are the people who are in there, they're also putting their own views on their own people in their <laughs> churches, and they send them out into the world yeah. to promote, because Luengo was a very big part of the whole uh, trying to avoid legalizing same-sex marriage oh in America. So him actually being the person who is saying he's sending his soldiers to Uganda to redeem oh. and everything, 
I don't blame the people who is sins because they are also just they are yes. actually doing it for a good cause. They are probably living their more comfortable lives. They are living the comfort of their American life and everything to come to, to, Africa. Come to Africa. Yeah, and yeah. just to spread the word of God. But mm. I feel also them they are they are they're indoctrinated from Kansas City <laughs> and they basically just transplant all that, even if they mean well, but mm. they just transplant everything onto Africans and. I'm sure they don't even realize what they are doing or the repercussions or what the kind of, the, the situation is like socially in Africa mm-hmm. where there are things like mob justice that can happen and people can be lynched for <laughs> that kind of people are being yeah. exposed in newspapers that these people are homosexuals or that kind of thing. Mm. So when you come and you put that fire under people, mm. things obviously have to go back. Yeah, bad. so again, about the whole missionary thing, I was, I was going to point out how I think Uganda itself uh, as a country we have been very receptive to religion because mm. I think all other countries like usually I think the Bible there's that saying the Bible came before the gun like when colonization happened people came with religion and yes. they sort of subdued <clears throat> the whole populace and then the colonizers came in oh afterwards my so I feel um, such things Uganda for example like unlike Kenya where it was very harsh for foreigners Uganda were very receptive when the explorers mm. came the Huntington speaks mm. the missionaries received them with open arms they weren't harassed and that's why religion took flight in Uganda. And even as early as the, I don't know if it was it the 1800s, late mm-hmm. 80s, when the Uganda matters were burnt, mm-hmm. back then people were that devout to religion. Imagine wow. something that new to a country and people willing to die for it. So it has been something we're very receptive to. Fast forward to independence. When we get independence in 1962, mm-hmm. our parties were based on religion. You get. Mm-hmm. So I think religion has always been a very strong thing. Like it has been something that can bind people together in Uganda and force them to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel that whole progression from the missionaries to our independence when religion was a big part of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they pointed out in the documentary after how Amin, after how Amin was deposed, there was a vacuum. There was, there was a vacuum. Yes. Yeah. And all this. So yeah. And the thing is that fill this vacuum people even as early as early on as the 80s knew they could use religion mm. for their own means because for example in uh the 80s okay late 80s probably that's when things like the lord's resistance army oh. like when is it holy spirit movement yes these are always rebel groups but they again have religious mm-hmm. religious things in their names yes uh, chibwetere <laughs> began in the 80s <laughs> you get another thing i found very interesting uh watoto started in the 80s 1984 you're <laughs> so, serious I'm what dead serious. Is like the biggest thing the big, now yes and it started in 1984 that's when it was founded why did its popularity peak so late i don't think it peaked late i think it for it to reach be, now it has it has been years it has been years of growing yes <laughs> because it didn't just blow up like you mm. know say an imbonye an imbonye type church it has been <gasps> an institution you might have forgotten yeah. about Pastor Mbonye. Ah, you see, again, that's another thing. You see how people actually uh, say that the recent Mbonye scandal, you mm. could see how people were not happy because people kissed Please Pastor. Please set that up properly. Yeah. There's a pastor here. Okay, a pastor. I don't want to... Because people actually really believe in him. I, I, I'm on the outside looking I in. I have a so friend who really tried to reason with me on why yeah. she believes in him. Yeah. And I think... Uh, pastor Mbonya is a pastor. Who, he's a van, he's also like is he's he a, a yeah, SFD? He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's basically uh, an ev- evangelical. In, an evangelical. Yeah, yeah. He is mostly a prophet, yeah, and he has prophet. gained a huge following. There was a recent scandal of him because 
people saw pictures of one of his major events that was going for high paying tickets like three million a hundred thousand although he was letting in people also yeah. for free but people who were coming in for free were sitting at the back yeah, yeah, he was seated at the front with a big throne yeah. and then people were coming and kissing, kissing his feet, feet. Yeah, sure. so this is where my thing with religion you know i don't condemn i i'm not religious yeah. but i like to at least i i kind of have an understanding of I people explain to me how religious they are yeah. and they even tell me how I would never get it because I'm not religious yeah. which was her argument she's like these are spiritual things yeah. you won't you understand spiritual things yeah. do you know what I try to compare it to I'm yeah. like maybe this help we don't get movies <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah pretty much you yeah. know you're like maybe I will sit here and tell you of how of my experience with the film you'll watch it and feel nothing and look at me like I'm crazy yeah. but again as I was saying it's just, just sorry, Ugandans sorry, sorry, are very sorry, sorry. no Ugandans are just very susceptible I think uh-huh. to religious movements and religion really brings us together that's one thing and so when people come to Uganda say even if they're missionaries and they're bringing views that probably will unite people against something it's definitely going to take off as we saw with in the documentary with the homosexuality bill that came as a result of the growing intolerance in Uganda mm. yeah and uh, the people as I, as I was saying again the leaders of the pi have a main problem with I don't mind the missionaries but the leaders the Scott Livelys who come and organize Scott, yeah, Scott Lively who is is actually Vivox is actually pretty much a big politician in the US right now I think he ran for Congress like in the last election I think but people who come and spread these views where he's saying that the the, the people who killed the Jews in Nazi Germany were actually gays <laughs> and even a documentary the, the reverend said that he wouldn't say this anywhere else but in Uganda people are less informed less access to uh, knowledge outside their, their borders basically so these things really come and sit, uh, they, once they plant the seed here things really take off as, as long as it's related to religion yeah that Scott Lively guy like that the theory that the gay theory actually like homosexuality is such a sensitive thing like I'm mm. sure you try to have discussions yeah, with people definitely. and it's so sensitive you kind of want to just leave it in it's a yeah. delicate spot you just don't want to push someone because yeah. all of you are going to have different views yeah. and strong ones yeah. and you don't want to <laughs> don't impose want to. them on exactly. someone but hearing people's theories i have a guy at work who believes that someone a higher power is paying people to be gay exactly. with Recruit, some sort recruiting. of agenda that's scott Lively's recruitment exactly. was so mo- much more radical where it's like your ch- children exactly. imagine telling someone you that someone your kids where, where they care the most that is really <laughs> reaching into their guts to make them feel whatever ounce of the something and just blow it up yeah. to utter hatred for something. Yes. People are forming groups to get your babies, collect them and turn them and gay. Abuse them sexually. Oh my God, these people and will say anything. And that the, the source of all that is Scott Lively because even there's that he scene where they show him, him yeah. where he actually got the chance to go and speak in parliament. Oh my God. Imagine in a, a full parliament and he's there radicalizing people who can actually make laws. <laughs> What do you expect? <laughs> and the weird thing is, like, as right now, there's you see what's happening in parliament. People aren't agreeing on the whole age limit thing. But you could see in that documentary when the Bart came to the front to present his his bill, both sides were stood up to second him. 
That's how people were clapping. <laughs> Actually, that scene was the most fascinating yeah. for me. I think around the time it, it happened. Yeah. Yes, I'm like, where was I when this happened? I remember all the scandal around the anti-homosexuality bill. And I remember, yeah, I kept thinking there's no way it can go through. It went through, but then we'll yeah, talk about the we'll aftermath. But then that scene was so daunting because of what we how badly we've seen them yeah. disagree with each other yeah. of late because yes. this is something where it's really that it's 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 where they can't meet yes. but this is somewhere where they could gather together yeah, as Christians, Christians Christian and nation. hate on something yeah. whether it's Christian or even clapping. Muslim oh the Muslim countries because yes. like Nigeria is yes, mostly exactly. Muslim right yeah. and they also really have yes. an anti-gay so law so basically it's, people anyone who was religious anyone who was religious was jubilating <laughs> and they were supporting oh the my god yeah. that killed me because I'm like I wish we could clap our hands to this for a non-life president yeah, for it was, it's really ridiculous because going to that again I want to again point out again the role of Martin Semper in this documentary and we have, I'm sure I'm sure people have seen what? that whole eat the poopoo I'm sure you've seen that video, right? I watched it I a had not seen it before. <laughs> so it was the most hilarious thing yeah. I've ever seen. And I feel like I'm happy I've seen it now. Yeah. Because right now, <laughs> I'm even more enlightened than yeah. I was at that yeah. point. But Martin Semper, for anyone who has never seen, was in church preaching against homosexuality and this was a whole thing of people always people tell you these are adults let adults do what they want to do yeah. it's like they're telling us that we should not know what they're doing in the bedroom yeah. but i found out what they're doing in the bedroom <laughs> the man pulls out pictures of gay yes, porn presentation, a whole powerpoint presentation the fuck he went and searched for gay porn i <laughs> showed it in his church and he showed and it he got, in church and the weird thing is he got Probably the worst stuff you'd imagine. You know, he could have maybe gotten a dressed man touching another guy's dick or something. It was the most obscene shit you could really picture. This guy, two girls, one cup bag (laughs) kind of stuff. (laughs) Okay, two girls, one cup was weight. That was pretty much unwatchable. No, this was bad. (laughs) No, to me it was the same because I I, I could see the looks on people and and imagine people who weren't exposed (laughs) to these things seeing them for the first time. Okay, I get that. Imagine how in Enraged, you be there like your kid is being reported into this. <laughs> I'm sure people will take up arms and slaughter people in the streets <laughs> to support that cause. I like that yeah. perspective yeah, because really I think you'd, you'd be the shock value. It would over shock yeah. you. And no, that was just yeah. And, that, that was and I, I really liked what uh, Kapiaka Oma said. How Martin Semper he doesn't seem as a Ugandan. Mm-hmm. He's basically just a white man in a black man's skin. He has basically been trained from out what to believe, and he's now basically one of the missionaries again, <laughs> just coming and trying to impose things on people in in Uganda here. <clears throat> but uh, Martin Semper, I I saw that whole it the poopoo thing, and I've honestly never taking him seriously like i think he's is <laughs> a little too much in is <laughs> a little too much i don't think you can really argue with him on basing on ideas and what he believes is mm. final yeah and he's going to make everyone hate what he hates so. speaking of how much it's about just like a, a guide coming with that ideology i like how they would say that this that the white missionaries it's actually easier for people to listen to them just exactly. because they are white yes. and you just look at white as wiser and white yeah, is true and i get that like reality. that is reality yeah. not even just in church, church like yeah, walking much. to 
a business place with a white dude, the things, will happen. things are oh, going to happen faster. for you faster <laughs> because people just trust them more mm. because they're from they the think there's more money involved probably exactly. there's they're going to benefit what? in some way speaking of money yeah. did you notice how Pastor Kayanja was constantly talking about money. Yeah, and like, by the way, like why, like, like those pe- those churches have entered their pockets. I'm like, this guy is, is, is yeah. he's so money minded. Yeah, yeah, he, he doesn't even hide it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was quite amazing, by the way. And they even real showed the opulence of his life. There's that scene where like, he's in his home yes. and he has an actual chef and like food lined up in a buffet and he's going into the fridge. Can you get me this? And I don't know if he actually did, if if he was if he was aware that he was being recorded, but then it was just I don't as like actually showing him living like a king. And he, that is what he is majorly criticized for yes. as a pastor. He lives too luxuriously. Yes, yeah. But I was amused at how the man was constantly talking about these these churches. They came and they yeah. entered their and pockets. Really, we really are so grateful. America. The Americans they got into their pockets. <laughs> they gave us money, guys. <laughs> what are you even talking about? <laughs> it was it was very. It was, and I, I like don't even shot his interview with all those seats in the background because I think his weekly attendance is like ten thousand people. Oh, yeah. Imagine like that's it's pulling a serious crowd every week. So just showing the kind of power. And he began his church in ninety one. I also did. I did ninety one. Nineteen ninety one. Nineteen ninety one. That's when he began his ministry. And apparently, his church, the the, the Rubaga Miracle Center, mm-hmm. was built for seven point five million US dollars. Whoa. Half of which, which was apparently donated by uh, a South Korean lady who he healed. So I don't know how true that is. It was on his Wikipedia. That's what I read. And God so, damn. But since 91 years, for him to be at this level whereby he has this kind of power, it takes mm-hmm. years. He planted something in the 90s and it has grown to a point whereby he has a following. So it's really something like... And even he also emphasized how the evangelicals also him he was trained by it wasn't mm-hmm. like he, he he's some street hustler like who was he <laughs> had donors from out other mm-hmm. conservatives evangelicals funding his programs and helping him grow his church so again but if you go to the church again in some way there's a connection to the uh, mm-hmm. the u.s christian right mm-hmm. and their agenda <laughs> Which where they, they don't have an agenda yet. They, so these other guys have an agenda. Yeah, yes. it's a bit. They both accuse themselves yes, of, of having agendas. an agenda. Exactly, it's very both... It's weird, by the way, because to be honest, uh, the whole issue of recruiting, as we have said before, I've met gay people, but I've never. No one has ever told me I want to recruit. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> But with this kind of thing, you come, you just one time, you get paid this much. The fa- no one. Yeah. It's, in our, it's in everyone's heads. Even, yeah. to be honest, even my own mother, she has mentioned this to me. Like, she also believes that homosexuals recruit in Uganda. Yeah. So it's kind of everywhere. Like, it's something like I've had before, but I didn't really understand why the whole rec- Because it was very puzzling. I was like, do they actually come and like have like an office somewhere where <laughs> they have an account uh, yeah. and everything? They can keep pushing money, but they don't. And Seeing that there and seeing how this actually began with the whole recruiting thing, Scott Lively, of course, was very. <clears throat> it answered a lot of questions that had been bothering me about the question. I know, like, people really believe this shit so yeah. hard. I don't know. It, it, but it, people it are so hung up on it. And you, now, let's try to look at it from their point of yeah. view, though. Because we both know yeah. people who are semi yeah. anti homosexuality, and yeah. it will take 
years so or never three life three lifetimes for them to ever yeah, for get ever. comfortable yeah. with it like it's it will take too much there's, there's a huge mental gap to bridge honestly huge it's yeah. not about to close yeah. because people are so against it and it comes up for a medium week in tv like because a lot of the the west is very is really warming up to it they have laws and everything so it's showing in tv yeah. and you notice how badly it bothers people like why there are always gay people in these things yeah. these people are trying to brainwash yeah. us yeah. so they even see it in that other way the way yeah. we would think would see as the evangelicals because, yeah, brainwashing, brainwashing people yeah, they also to think, do they yeah. also think you know what the west is just trying to us to normalize, to normalize it, it. It's something that's not about to, and it's be weird because fine. again another reason usually like I understand it from say the African perspective mm-hmm. because in in America I would say it's just culture wars as mm. said in a documentary like it's the right mm. trying to assert its its power in Africa where probably these things aren't legal like probably they've given up fighting homosexuality in their country like that's done we've already lost that battle that's what what kind of countries uh like uganda for example where oh you're you know, meaning like us Ugandans, yeah exactly then like, for like, them. Like, like like to the people from the west mm. it's possible probably the ones who come here and they're trying to say no 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 homosexuality allowed all those even promoting it it's basically culture wars but again from an african perspective the prison most people give is that it's against our culture you get and again I don't like yeah, that point. Uh, let me continue. Yeah. And the thing is again because of that again I don't think it's right f- for us to say that because our culture has never been static. Yeah. It's, it may be getting eroded away but it also evolves because at some point they used to kill twins. They used to, <laughs> people used to kill albinos. It was culture. It was like African out of African cultures did that. <laughs> Twins were cast. That is exactly were. why I so hate culture. When again, when again, you come and say it's our culture, we don't like you have to. I think culture also has to evolve with the realities of the world. Like you uh-huh. get wiser. You know, twins are not a curse. <laughs> why should we keep throwing them into the forest? Let's keep them. Albinos, I know, they can live normal lives. They can go and they shouldn't become like commodities for witchcraft or something like that. So it's pretty much the same thing. And people realize that that this argument of culture doesn't work because culture has has to evolve the situation back then probably there were gay people in the 1800s you but know I've had were, someone have that theory yeah. i need to look into it further yeah. there's, which, there's, which there's, goes there's the a theory about a popular king mm-hmm. of some i won't mention the kingdom but a king <laughs> of some tribe here in uganda mm-hmm. who was also alleged to be homosexual and this was long ago before long the bible yeah. happened no no before the missionary. bible had come but mm-hmm. I think that's a time when probably part some recorded history because pretty much before the missionary we don't have that much recorded we history don't have, of no. Uganda. Probably it's a few oral stuff here, but we don't really have history. But as far back as then, there have been rumors of people being gay. So I don't think maybe people are coming out now and it's being people are seeing it more in the streets because the world is changing. Mm. But I don't think the thing of culture, which is a very common argument, I have been, almost every time I have this debate culture. I don't think it's a very valid argument because it's culture not valid. Evolves. It's not valid. Yeah. I hate the culture argument. Yeah. But then I think the argument I get a lot from colleagues is it's not natural. Yeah, like no one like, and that's the thing which also the people believe. Like people learn these things so they can unlearn them. I don't. I think 
like natural way is man woman natural attraction is man woman i think again that's all down to the bible and yeah, the whole exactly. adam and eve story yes like, we see it all from that perspective of adam god created eve. a man and a woman and uh, said go procreate go procreate so when it's sodom and gomorrah exactly. their favorite yes, reference is sodom and gomorrah exactly oh my god he destroyed sodom and, and gomorrah specifically because <laughs> of homosexuality yeah, exactly. never tell me anything yes. oh god they love that argument So that's that's a very like we can't really divorce it from religion until we divorce this whole argument from religion and actually look at it objectively uh-huh. with a very human with a, with a human heart basically a loving heart like not like we're going to go by the book the, by the law in the bible or in the constitution like you as a human being like would do you think it's right to go and lynch someone for having a different sexual orientation I really that makes me think of like I don't like the Ah uh, Christian I, I, Christianity is great it yeah. it has it sets up great standard for morality but when people push it I hate it when it pushes them to the level of girls don't wear jeans yes. girls cover your legs and your arms yeah. and your face and your no like and that's when I really don't like it that like the I hope guys want Christianity and religion to have like the ultimate power even above the government yeah. there's when the 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 the, the preacher you talked about yeah, John yeah. Lu Engel, Engel yeah. is basically like the authorities should be there but they should even be yeah. having a higher authority yeah. who is It's Christians good, yeah. and they should be these Christian yeah. bodies guiding them and actually yeah. being the ones that bring upon these laws for example the, that yeah. law like that is the worst idea yeah. and i hate it when it has influences and it reeks all over the pornography bill stuff yeah. it yeah, reeks it all over it you it's can just that, see it's that whole thing again coming back and again angle of the youth the inspiration is from there yeah. i really think that someone cannot have a bible standard and really know what's right and what's wrong and be the greatest leader and not lead people into sodomy yeah. and death you know i don't i hated that thing so much i hated how they have this whole vision to take over the whole world yeah, and basically oh that's always the, the i even don't of, like I it when politicians consult pastors and she just yeah. don't like i think that's why i actually like the us a bit is because they totally divorce religion from the state they should do that yeah, like, all that time you can't you, you're not supposed to impose and that's mm. something that's i think more prominent in mm. western societies but as for africa uganda in particular mm. religion is a big part of <laughs> everything every decision as far as constitution goes mm. as far as just family relations like mm. even you you can be disowned for mm. changing religion for yeah. it happens in families here mm. or for marrying someone from a different religion <laughs> like there are those weird small things that you see happening in uganda that really rely heavily on religion uh, another thing i think we should talk about though Uh, is the uh, the, uh, like the the in part of the thing the LGBT part uh, like the David Cattles oh yeah because we have to really point that out yeah yeah and the Senyonjo Christopher Senyonjo him as a person basically one of the people story. in the yeah, documentary, in documentary who who comment on the whole situation is a uh, bishop Christopher Senyonjo yeah. he was a bishop in the church of Uganda yeah and he recall he recollects this scenario where a couple of men came up to him and told him how they were being discriminated against and they were feeling rejected and basically they were feeling hopeless and rejected by 
church too yeah. and because they were gay yeah. and deciding to take them in and like yes. help them and be there for them and the church caught wind of it and they caught wind of his support for them mm-hmm. because it's very short because mm-hmm. i think he basically said was that uh what he told them was like be comfortable with who you are that's the thing he told them like mm-hmm. you know because they're like i think they came to him probably want to change you want to be cancelled yeah. and he was like be comfortable be comfortable with, with yeah. who you are and when the Church of Uganda heard about that, he was excommunicated. Completely. Completely. And this is a person who had risen to the point of bishop. Right now he's in his 80s, he's still mm-hmm. alive. He had risen to bishop mm-hmm. and he was completely... And I feel him being in this position to take that decision is probably one of the bravest Ugandans I think I know. I Putting looked all at that, that on the man line, and I man could not... Im- I, I looked and I wondered if I would even have the heart. Honestly, like yeah, you, li- as liberal as you are... <laughs> You like don't think that, you'd go? I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. I really wonder if I would. You know, you never know what you'd do until yeah. that situation, situation truly hits you. But his, div- his bravery, yeah. I, it, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, unbelievable. it's a bishop in the highest of and this rankings. Is a, and this is a person who is really old, and you'd think you'd have very old ideals. But for an eight-year-old Ugandan it. man to be supporting LGBT, giving up his role as bishop. It is painfully easy yeah. to condemn it. Yeah. He could have just told them to turn around, around and leave. leave. Exactly. It took nothing for him mm-hmm. to let it go, yeah. but he decided to encourage them and to just yeah. be. And he he real states his his views of how the Bible. There's no way for him. He looks at it as these people are welcome in my yeah. church. He said that fame that the thing he thinks about is what's the most loving thing you can do in that. That's like, the, what would you do as a person that's the most positive thing to yeah. do in that instance? Because you're a pastor. Yeah. Do things in a positive yeah, light. Yeah. Do things With in love. a loving way. Oh, and it was it was really amazing because again, leading on to the, again, they tried to touch on other people who are pretty much. Uh, L- LGBT activists and they go to the late David Cato. David Cato. Yeah, who uh, I was reading about him and apparently he's the first openly gay Ugandan man. Wow. Apparently. Are and you he, serious? Yeah, yeah, I thought I read about him and they were actually saying that he had, he's actually in the LGBT activism circles. He was well respected throughout the world because he had taught in South Africa for a bit. He had moved around the world. So when he actually was, when he was killed, mm. I think in his place in Mukono, he was killed afternoon, like he was actually lynched. Mm, yeah. but, uh, but the story is that he was lynched by his male lover. But uh, apparently the Human Rights Watch people, Amnesty International, even Archbishop of Canterbury were all outraged at the man's killing. And when I actually saw him there, it was really weird because they didn't show scenes of his funeral. I, yeah. The scenes of his funeral were ones I remember. I yeah. remember when he died. Yeah. Like, I remembered all the ruckus around yeah. the time when he died. That was I didn't the even, one I, section. It wasn't even on my radar. It wasn't even on my radar. That was all. weirdly in my radar. I don't know how come I was in touch with the news much yeah. more at that time. Yeah. But I remember all the ruckus around it. I remember it being on TV so much. I remember that funeral scene of yeah. people shouting at the at the pastors to stop condemning yeah. homosexuality and people were so annoyed yeah. and I was so fascinated by what, what was happening especially by the people who were shouting and saying yeah. like leave him as we love him yeah, and he's yeah. great yeah. and then looking at at the bishop actually the, the locals the locals refused to bury him imagine yeah. the people in his home village didn't want to touch his, they, co- his they coffin had it had to be his friends who would carry even they refused to have service this Bishop Senyonjo yes. was the one who actually Zanu said the last 
who did do say the last words of prayer before he was put into the ground. So it was very eye-opening because I maybe again, as I said, I heard about the the whole build thing, but I didn't know how deep this thing really went. Yeah. Basing on the evangelicals and say these other LGBT activists, I didn't even know they were actually there in Uganda. I thought it was a very closed-off thing, but see, the actual activist was again very illuminating. Uh, I I watched a small video with the filmmaker, and he actually talked about yeah David Kato. David Kato, and he talked about how one of his major inspirations was hearing was meeting yes. him pre-death yes. before he died yes and gave him more energy to do I, that. I, I, I could tell because this documentary feels like it has, I'd say, uh pretty much three main parts okay mm. three main lines of like the narrative mm. there's kaoma's line with his research basically mm-hmm. showing how the scott lively is calm the martin sempers mm. then there's the everyday missionary life line <laughs> that we saw then at the end there's this whole ugandan lgbt yes. struggle yes. where they show the senior angels the david Cato's. Yeah, and it was I, I was impressed because if he, as you've said he got was inspired by Kato. Mm-hmm, he was. Yeah, to come on the ground in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Then for him to also get Kaoma, mm-hmm. who has done research into this and can actually link it to something greater. It's not something isolated. It's not anything then isolated. to actually go to Kansas, start from the International House <laughs> of Prayer, follow <laughs> them all the way to Uganda. So good. I feel that is such great documentary storytelling. But we haven't really spoken about like the film itself and like the artistic merits. Did you like the way it was shot? Because actually, like there are those scenes of where they would shoot for like speaking in tongues. Those <laughs> scenes were really people crying. Like I don't know how they got that close. It was really amazing stuff. Then there's this session. I think a prayer session in Kayanja's church, mm-hmm. where like people it's like an open space and people are, like walking around praying, speaking in tongues. These were very arresting images. Mm. Even there's that. There's I that, liked the yeah. scenes of the villages, like yeah, within the villages. deep yeah. villages, and showing someone cooking. Even the, very, the very first that shot, really did it the very first shot is like kids sitting in front of like this local church, at <laughs> home. and I, I felt I, I liked that very much. The way it even began, it yeah, nice. it was. My favorite scenes, actually, in terms of just, I don't know if it was, it, it wasn't really framing whether images that were coming across, but just the way. The scene came across mm. was when they would show the evangelicals going to like a super super poor woman's yes, house, exactly, and sitting in front of her and telling her that was the last scene of the film, where they were in Karamoja or something, and they went to like this woman who has probably not even read a book in her life. And they're like, "Have you heard about Jesus?" <laughs> what are, really are you are doing? Really Mind blowing images. Very actually. very good yeah. images. I'm like. like was, and even is that scene where something again, as I said, very mundane to us. Mm. That scene where they were like at Luca. I don't know if it was Luca, one of those places where they sell chicken on the stick, those <laughs> yes, Namawojo type that, places. That, that, and they showed true. those people trying to like preach to these people who are selling to them stuff. Mm-hmm. And even that's like one of them, like, do you speak in tongues? The guy's <laughs> like, ah, man, I speak Luganda, Swahili. <laughs> <laughs> like, that stuff really killed me. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, as I said, it takes. I think a documentary, like, you have to actually have a very strong perspective on something. Like, you have to see it clearly and all angles of it. Otherwise, you'll make a very hollow documentary. We've, there are so many yeah. hollow, yeah. hollow, hollow. Yeah, like, again, as I told you last year, uh, what's it called? Uh, 
OJ made in America. Yes, just the whole, that just, just the whole other, amazing. the whole other subplot of having oh on top of OJ stuff, which everyone knows. At least probably most people in our who are exposed to this stuff. Then having this other whole history of like uh, violence against the blacks and everything, and how in the end all that culminated after all this oppression, people actually didn't trust the police that they're mm. willing to let OJ off the hook. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing, like that kind of conceptualizing of things that really gives a documentary some very real depth and I think that's something that really especially in Uganda we have a lot of social stuff going on we should really look to documentaries and see how they pulled it off and probably apply that to our own stories yeah, and the way we want to tell them really go deep into the matter go to the past and explore we all angles so badly we really need to go to the past exactly because again our history we really don't we don't know much of it and documentaries are one of the greatest ways to learn something yeah because they give you a great perspective exactly. on the entire event i hope people would be but i want it, it can't be false like yeah it can't be false it can't be forced can't be forced yeah Randomly waking up and saying, "Okay, now I'm doing a mean documentary." Exactly, like a mean doesn't resonate with you. Where is this? You know, yes. like, and then it it would be like that Rolex documentary. Exactly, just a shell of maybe it would. I would be lucky and find like a guy who who knows, yeah. and he would talk. Like if but it it would yeah. be very uninspired, and you can see. It. No, but the Rolex it thing would now be really interesting out. if they actually got the very first guy who made the Rolex. <laughs> like you did your research, you searched, and this one man, this find brilliant, out the history of find Rolex. Out the history, who how thought it, of the combination, man? Yeah, who, who was that first guy? And but maybe it was popular in just, some part. He actually thought we were interested he in just what they guy, eat. Yes. Uh, what was A that? Of Chikomando. 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 One of is his main pointers. We should sell, we should actually give best so no, right we watched sure. a documentary about Rolex makers and it was bad but yeah yeah but anyway again uh, to add on to that as we I think we're wrapping up now there's another documentary sister documentary call me Kuchu you've heard of it yeah and actually features this other po- more prominently this one yeah. I think was this God loves Uganda uh, was more from the evangelical side this one is from one now side. this one is more the Ugandan but it was done by I think some people from Germany it even pre- pre- premiered in the Berlin Film Festival okay. I think pretty much the same year so in case you've watched this and want something else that could be like a companion piece look Mikuchu. for Ko Mikuchu okay. uh, yeah it also features David Kato, Senior Njo, they're all basically in it again. So. Okay. Um, yeah, that does a review of God Loves Uganda. Okay, now we're going into a new section that we're going to be doing every week where we try to recommend something that we've watched and liked and we think you should watch too because it's nice uh, because there's so much TV out there there's so many movies out there there's just so much art out there and it can't all be captured once every yeah, one once time a week, week. Yeah, exactly. so we think we should broaden what we we should have people maybe not getting to watch through this section it will be recommendations I think I'll have a jingle to play yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> but uh, Timothy, I think start with your recommendation for the week. Uh, sorry to bust your bubble, but yeah, my recommendation <laughs> is going to be uh, the Defiant Ones. The Defiant Ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Defiant Ones. Because uh, I'm doing a documentary episode, I figured I'd do- recommend another really good documentary I'd seen recently. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. People I know, people 
there's a bit of hype about it even people who are new to watch movies mm-hmm. people who like probably hip hop and music in general were really interested in seeing this so if you check it out it's by HBO yes. basically charts the rise uh, of Dr Dre and Jimmy Iovine mm-hmm. yeah and how they came from basically being uh, Dr Dre was a rapper DJ at first rapper Jimmy Iovine was a sound audio engineer mm-hmm. and how they became these great big people in the music industry with their beats and Apple music and all that stuff so it's really it's, it's very it's a very interesting documentary with interviews from a lot of musicians i'm sure you like old rock people contemporary artists so check it out so so it's also very it's very entertaining it's done in a very playful way it's not so serious and it's also very illuminating because you kind of see the how this post hustle has paid off over the years and all the risks they took and uh all these ventures that they probably tried and didn't work out mm. yeah i know that and she check it out i second him because i have given that that talk to people mm. and there is no one so far who hasn't like <laughs> no one their minds have been blown <laughs> yeah. by it that dog is great it's four parts you said yeah, that it's eh? four no i didn't say that it's four parts four parts i it's many parts okay it's a, it's a, it's a part it's, it has parts so it could make for great binge watching if you have the time yeah okay my my recommendation is an lgbtq movie yes it's called weekend it's from 2011 i watched it recently it blew my mind yeah. it's by a guy called andrew hay it, he did 45 years did you watch 45 years, years yeah yes, i was With so the, the old couple it was yes. yeah how great was that movie it was it was a really good it had uh, it reminded me of because of her has that kind of old people in crisis like mm-hmm. usually we see out of drama going on in young couples now to actually sit in poor be together for 45 years yes, it, it was, was a bit it was interesting it was very good yeah. he was he's a really good guy so the film is about a a guy who meets another guy on the weekend it's about a gay couple yeah. so it just shows the encounter over a weekend and on the at the end of the weekend he's going to leave the country yeah. but it is really nice my best thing about it is i like things that have very subdued and over realistic emotions and yeah. they're represented in a very realistic way yeah. and the way the guy works with the camera it just feels so real and of course you find that it was mostly real because it was very improvised yeah. and Remember how we're saying these movies don't come from nowhere this mm. guy is actually a gay guy yeah. and it's kind of recollecting yeah. of how his situations have been and the thing about this film is the people in it the main guy is a guy who's very uh what's that type of person you're very introverted and you're yeah. the type of person who would never kiss in public alone okay, now in alone. You said yeah, an introvert basically an introvert, introvert you would never well. kiss in public you're weirded out in crowds you you would not want you would never tell a stranger your sexual encounter yeah. and the other guy is the complete opposite mm. now you can picture that scenario even in a heterosexual couple but now imagine this in as a gay guy who even being gay alone is already a bad thing as people wanting to throw stuff at you through the window that even makes him a lot less open yeah. so it's just so interesting to see him uh grapple with life with this guy who is his exact opposite it is really really good yeah it has been it's on my watch list for a long time amazing yeah, I'm, i'm going to watch it it is really good yeah. <laughs> i don't know i know there are, there are a whole lot of I lgbt films that you would have recommended there yeah. but that yeah, movie i know but that is really good, good. <laughs> i'm going to watch it 
It is really yeah. good. I cannot say that enough. <laughs> Better than blue is the warmest color. What? <laughs> Better. <laughs> Serious. Amazing. So much better. Okay. It is way better. Yeah, but I've seen it on, on a lot of lists. It's like a really. No, that 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 was one of the best things. So it's it's, it's set film. in London. Yeah. yeah. It it was shockingly good. Actually, yeah. thought I was in for some random ish. Yeah. But I enjoyed yeah. it. So you've been listening to Cinema Red Pill. Thank you. Watch also God Loves Uganda, of course, in yeah. case you haven't. And call me Kuchu. Check it. Look me, call me Kuchu. Kuchu. Yeah, call me Kuchu. That's call the title Kuchu. of like, the sister companion piece to God Loves Uganda. Alright, this has been our show. Thank you, Timothy. You're welcome. Great recommendation. You're the bomb. Joel, what up? He's not here. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's actually here. He's just... <laughs> he's just <laughs> <laughs> He'll be here next week for sure. But yeah, Cinema Red Pill, find us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow so that you get updates all the time. Thank you for listening. Bye. And it's a wrap. <laughs>